Welcome to Camp CC. My name is David Hurtado. If you're new to us, I always like to say uh, welcome. So glad that you are here. I'll be out in the patio afterwards. Don't be shy. Come up and say hello. I love meeting new people. Uh, we are uh, in the season of giving. It is the that time of year. Thanksgiving is what? Is it a week away? <laughs> I don't even know what time what, what time of the month it is. Uh, I just bought a house and we're trying to move in by next Saturday and there's all kinds of things that gotta happen so you can pray for us and we're hoping that I'll go through. But Thanksgiving time, you know, it's uh, the season of giving. Uh, we, we're gonna flow right into Christmas season. It's a time where we celebrate uh, family, friends, sharing of gifts, even being charitable. And uh, I know uh, later this month, maybe you've already been approached, our pantry is trying to do their yearly drive where they're collecting you know, donations so they can buy turkeys so they can give uh, families in need, uh, you know, Thanksgiving season, a kind of a basket of love saying, hey, from our church and Jesus Christ, uh, we want you to be able to ha have a Thanksgiving meal. Uh, for those of you who are involved in that and have been involved in that and will be involved in that this year, thank you. Thank you for doing that. I was a 14-year-old boy on the other side of that door when I was a little boy. And I remember the organization that came by and dropped us off at Turkey and all the fixings. Uh, my mother had been uh, uh, a victim of a violent crime. We went bankrupt. We hadn't, without that basket, we wouldn't have had Thanksgiving. And so uh, just know, I, to this day, I don't know what organization it was, but I just believe that it had something to do with Jesus Christ. They were sending a turkey our way, and they didn't know that I'd become a pastor when they had no, no idea what, what was on the other side of that door. And so thank you for doing that. Uh, it's the season that we're in. And so in light of that, uh, this kind of thankful season, uh, you know, that we, we kind of focus in on, we thought we'd take a couple weeks and talk about giving, what inspires us to give, what, what makes us want to be generous. If you're a Christ follower, why do you give? If you're not a Christ follower, why do those people give? Like, well, what inspires and what motivates them to do that? So we'll talk about that today, what motivates us. Next week, just two, uh, two weeks, short, short series, two weeks. Uh, next week, we'll talk about uh, the word koinonia. It is the Greek word for fellowship in the Bible. Many of you guys know that if you've been around church life a lot, there's been a lot of groups called koinonia. It's my koinonia adult group or things, things like that. It means fellowship or community. To, it's kind of the idea of believers getting together and, and having a kind of a family. I call it family deep community. And so, but also a secondary meaning on that word koinonia is partnership. And so we're going to be looking through and just kind of going through the scriptures and looking through where this word koinonia is used and its partnership idea and then how God has called us to be a partner with him uh, in many different ways. And so you're going to want to be here for that. I want to make sure you prioritize. I think it's going to be very helpful to you and your spiritual walk and in your walk with Jesus Christ. But today and this morning, uh, what motivates us? And as I was thinking about, like, what, what motivates me to give? What, what motivates me to be charitable? What motivates me to to to, to to prioritize someone other than me, you know, uh, that, that's what giving is. I'm going to prioritize someone else besides me. And I thought, what motivates me? And I thought, you know, I always come back to this idea when I'm talking about giving because I think it's so helpful. And I think what motivates me can be expressed in the concept of a generosity chain. I don't know if you've ever been a part of a generosity chain. I don't know if you've ever been in one. I happened to get in one even against my own will. <laughs> you know, I was in Arizona, uh, uh, you know, and I had I gotten two of these things, and, uh, and I, it's not like I didn't know it was going to happen. I just in, in the midst of a generosity chain, uh, being a good husband that I was, I was trying to buy my wife, uh, you know, a drink from Starbucks. We we have this relationship where like I'm the verbal one and she's not very verbal, and so I go, I love you, I love you, I love you, and she rolls her eyes at me, right? Uh, but if I go to Starbucks and buy her her favorite drink and 
bring it to her. She goes, oh, I feel loved. He loves me. And so I learned, instead of saying, I love you, I love you, I love you, I bring a drink and I say, I love you. And that works a lot better in her love language. You know, so that kind of, either that or do a chore and it's easier to buy a Starbucks. And so, <laughs> and so I, here I am in the Starbucks line. It's either Starbucks or it's Dutch Brothers. You guys know what Dutch Brothers is? Uh, it, it, we need to pray to the Lord Jesus that he brings one to Camarillo. But, uh, you know, apparently I'm not into coffee, but my wife is like Dutch Brothers and Starbucks. And so I'm going up, you know, and, I, and, and if I'm on my A game, I'm buying her an iced Java chip frappuccino with whip and, and extra peppermint syrup. I have it written down on my phone so I can remember. If it's Dutch Brothers, it's an ice grasshopper, uh, extra whip. Uh, it's not actual grasshoppers. It's some kind of a drink. And so uh, with coffee in it. And so I'm buying that and I bring that to her. And there was a couple times I was in Arizona. I'm in these, you know, these drive-through lines. And I get to the very front. This happened to me twice. And, uh, and I get to the front and I go, they go, sir, your drink has been paid for you by the person in front of you. Has that ever happened to you? I'm thinking, man, this is so cool. I, I just won. Are there balloons? You know, are there, you know is there going to be like a song being played? Or, you know, I can't believe. Or maybe they looked in the rear mirror, like, look at that handsome Colombian guy, you know? And then she goes, no, 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 no. This has actually happened 25 times already. I'm like, oh, great. So, so there's nothing special about me. That you're the 25th person in a row who all of us, you get to the front and they say they paid your drink for you. I'm like, Oh, and of course she's with a big smile, so we're just tallying up how many times this happens in a row, right? And so what's the idea in their mind? Are you gonna pay for the person behind you, right? And so I'm thinking to myself, well, I guess I have to do that, but before I do that, um, how much is the ticket of the guy behind me? Because, you know, I figured I was gonna pay $6 for a drink so I can tell my wife that I love her. I'm willing to pay up to 12, you know, double to keep the generosity chain going because I don't wanna be the tool that stops the generosity chain. And so I, I, I'm willing to do that for 12 bucks. But if you're behind me in the carpool van and you're buying like, you know, 25 drinks for the entire office, I'm sorry, the generosity chain has stopped right here. <laughs> type of thing. And, and, uh, and in fact, it's such a cool idea. I, I, raise your hand if you've been stuck in a generosity chain before? Okay, not many. Here's my challenge today. Here's my challenge today, okay? This is something that you can grab onto very easily. I want you to this week go wherever you are, wherever you get your coffee, or if you're willing to do it for lunch, I want you to try to start a generosity chain this week. You go to Starbucks or, you know, uh, coffee bean or whatever it is, they don't have a drive-thru. Don't go there. So anyway, go to a place that has a drive-thru and then pay for the person behind you. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a picture of the establishment that you did it at. And then I want you to go on your Facebook, Instagram, or your Twitter page. And I want you to hashtag generosity chain, hashtag CamCC. Can you do that? All right, just for fun. So that means we can go this week and we could go to you know, Facebook and, and type in hashtag generosity chain, hashtag CamCC, and we can see all the generosity chains that we started. That'd be cool. I think, I think you should do that. So that's my challenge for you. That's the grabber of this week. The action item is in the introduction of the message. The, 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 the action item is to start your own, very own generosity chain this week. That's my homework for you. So anyway, it gets to the point where she's like, well, so are you going to do it? I'm feeling kind of obligated, kind of pressured. Ooh, I don't know if I want to. By the way, if you do do this, when you go up there and say, my pastor challenges this week at church. I go to Camarillo Community Church, and I challenge me to start a generosity chain. If you do that, Make sure that like when she tells you the person behind you paid 25 bucks, don't say, oh, absolutely, actually not, I'll do it next week, because that'll look bad on Jesus. All right, so you wanna make sure you have counted the cost on what you're gonna do. Don't say you're gonna do it and then not do it, because then it looks, say you go to Camp Christian. No, I'm sorry, that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. The Nazarene church is better. Um, 
Both of the, they're my buddies, they're my buddies. All right, anyway, so, so I'm feeling kind of obligated. Of course I do it, and I continue the generosity chain, uh, but if it's too big of a check, it would have stopped right there. And so, but as I thought about what motivates me to give, really this is kind of a great illustration of what motivates me to give. It really, really is. Like I don't want to be the tool that stops the generosity chain. Like the, the gospel of Jesus Christ came to David Hurtado and I didn't have one of those stories where a grandma was praying for me and a dad was telling me about Jesus and a mother was taking me to church. None of that was true for me. It was so clearly outside. I was a good Catholic, Roman Catholic kid growing up, never went to church. We knew about God, but we didn't love or serve God. Our goods hopefully outweighed our bads. Maybe we'd get to heaven. Hopefully we're good enough as if you could be as good as this God. It was somebody who underwrited the ministry that allowed me to hear the gospel that changed my life. And I don't want to be the tool that stops the generosity chain from going, continue to go. I want, other, I want to be a part of other people hearing about this because it had such a positive impact in my life. I don't want it to die with me. And that's kind of one of my motivations is why I would give. And so today we're going to look at two biblical motivators as to why we give. How lasting is the investment that we invest in? And what is the return on that investment? Why do we focus on the, the then and there rather than the here and now? And what does God promise us if we do? And if I told you that there was a surefire investment that I know about, would you invest in it? And if you did, what would God promise to do for you? And so for that, we're going to be in the book of Matthew uh, chapter 6. So open up your Bibles right now. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Kind of, kind of outside of a series, so we're just pulling a passage. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Open up your phones and get there. We'll be looking at verses 19 through 34. A nice little section where Jesus himself talks about this idea of being charitable or being generous or being a giver. And so the overarching question today is why do Christ followers give? Maybe you're... Maybe you're a, you know, a person on the outside looking and I'm just checking this whole church thing out. Great, you may even wonder, why do these people give? The first thing we're gonna see is because it's the only investment with lasting effects. It's the only investment on this earth with lasting effects. Every other investment on this earth will pass away. It's the only investment with lasting effects. And so we're gonna look at that verse 19 through 24. It says this, it'll be on the screen for you. It says this, do not lay up treasures for yourselves on earth where moth and dust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up treasures for yourselves in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body and so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness and if the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and what? Money. Why do Christ followers give? Because it's the only investment that has lasting effects. The only investment that has lasting effects. I don't know if you work for an organization that does like a a retirement matching thing for you. It's one of those ways that they, they try to lure you in. If you come and work at our company, we'll do this matching thing. You put 10% in, we'll match 10%, whatever it might be. And so, and, and so you do that and you go, wow, what an investment. I mean, if I put 100 bucks up to 10% of my income, they will match it with 100 bucks. Before they even put it in the market, they already double it for you. It's 100% return. There's not a better investment on the earth. And then they go and invest it in the market. And 30 years later, who knows how big it is? You know, that's a pretty great investment. But only, the only investment that is lasting is an investment that you do on behalf of God for the 